First of all, fair warning, I'm going to ask you for some God sightings in a few minutes. And since we're talking today about the Beatitudes and blessing, the, uh, what I'll be asking you for are either, where have you seen blessing happen this week? Or how have you personally somehow been uniquely blessed this week? So you could be thinking about that. I can't count the number of times that I have spoken with a seeker. We know who seekers are, right? Those folks who are sort of from a distance from the church. They look on from a distance. They have an interest, but they've not really gone all in. They're not sure what the church is about. They're not sure what God is about. And I said to seekers any number of times, if you want to know what Jesus is all about, read the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapters five through chapter seven. I like to call it Jesus's manifesto. It's the first real public coming out party of Jesus in the gospel of Matthew, and Matthew didn't do that by accident. These wisdom sayings, these beatitudes, uh, they weren't original to Jesus, at least not the, not the format, not the style. For instance, the Psalms contain quite a few Beatitudes. One of them, for instance, in the very first Psalm says, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. There are several others in the Psalms that are very similar to that. If you and I were to write our own version of Beatitudes for our day and time, they might sound something like this. Happy are those who go to bed early and rise early for they will find success. Happy are those who exercise regularly for they will have long lives. You get the picture. Jesus borrows this format for his Beatitudes, but he reinvents the content. You just heard them. Blessed are those that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The Greek word for blessing is makarios. And it's been loosely interpreted over the years as happy. Happy, happy to mourn, happy to be meek. Why are these people laughing? In the years that I've been a pastor, laughter has never been the initial response to grief. Never, not once in my memory. It almost sounds a little tone deaf, doesn't it? Happy are you who grieve, who mourn. Another translation of that word makarios has been honored. Honored are those who are poor in spirit. Honored are those who hunger and thirst. Honored are, are those who are persecuted. Where's the honor? Maybe the honor and the laughter are to be found in the second half of these beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not might be, is. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Not might, will be. Maybe it has to do with hope. That no matter what your particular circumstance is in life, no matter how bad it might look, you know and you trust that all of life is in good hands. They're in God's hands and they're trustworthy. So that when you go back and listen to some of the, the, the old Negro spirituals that came out of the Civil War and out of slavery, you can begin to hear that hope in something like Go Down Moses. 
Go way down to Egypt's land. Tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. It's another way of saying God has got your back. And maybe in the Beatitudes, that's what's happening too. People are hearing that even though my circumstances look and sound bad, God has got my back. Do you notice that in these, these Beatitudes, the first recorded sermon of Jesus and Matthew, right off the bat, there's blessing. Blessing precedes everything else. It's blessing, not judgment. It's blessing, not conditions and terms. It's blessing, not penance or altar calls. Why are they blessed? Why are you and I blessed? Well, first and foremost, it's because God is a serial blesser. It's what God does, first and foremost. Why do you suppose so many people, even people in this room, feel so unblessed at times, unworthy to be blessed? Why is it that so many of us prefer scorekeeping, which is a game that none of us can win? You wonder why there is a trend away from church? Maybe there are a lot of reasons for that, but I'm betting chief among them is that we have made too many people feel unblessed. Or if not that, people have watched us from a distance, these seekers and others, and they've seen too frequently how we withhold blessing. And they decide they don't really want anything to do with that. Who could blame them? How powerful would it be if Christ's church, if Bell Mead Church, before anything else, would commit itself to blessing people in a world that rarely blesses people. I think it's important to say a quick word today about what a beatitude is not. Beatitudes are not a to-do list. They are not suggestions or instructions or commandments to become something. Jesus is not asking you to become poor in spirit or to mourn. There is no quid pro quo here. Jesus is not asking us to become sadder or meeker. That's the trap. That somehow we, we trick ourselves into thinking that there are conditions attached to being blessed. Make no mistake, the people described in these verses are blessed because of God's relentless proximity to pain, suffering, sorrow, and loss. Because if the Bible can be believed based on the preponderance of evidence, then what is unmistakable is that God is most present in the shadows, most attentive in the flames that sometimes happen to us in our regular lives. I believe the power in these beatitudes is that they have something to teach that I can't learn in my comfort. I learn more when I'm in the flame. I learn more when I'm in those moments of grief and sorrow. I can do my best to splash around in the shallow waters, but if I do that, I will assuredly miss the treasures that await in the deep water. When we toss the word blessed around, and we all do, what do we mean? I hear people's phone messages all the time. I think I do it too. Have a blessed day. Does that mean perfect health? Does it mean perfect family? 
Does it mean a fantastic job? Does it mean money in the bank? Does it mean the good life? What does blessed mean? What if when Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, that rather than looking for a sign of blessedness, the hunger itself is the sign. The name Tony Hoagland might mean something to some of you. Tony was a a, a very well-known poet who died a few years ago of pancreatic cancer. He wrote of his experience as he was dying And I was tempted after reading it to create a new beatitude, blessed are those who get cancer. And as soon as that thought came off my mind, I thought, well, the people in this room would think I'd lost my mind. But listen to him. The first time you enter the MD Anderson Cancer Center in Texas, you may feel alien and forsaken, like you've been singled out unfairly, plucked from your healthy life and cast into the sea of this cruel ordeal. Walking through the lobby with a manila envelope of x-rays under your arm and a folder of lab reports from your previous doctor, you will sense a primitive fear. But there's good news too. As you pass one hallway after another looking for elevator B, you'll see that this place is full of people. And it will dawn on you that most of them have cancer too. In fact, it seems at that moment that the whole world has cancer. And strangely enough, you will be relieved to realize that I'm not special. Everybody has cancer. This strange country called cancer of which I am now a citizen is, as it turns out, the true democracy. Neither money, nor education, nor greed, nor ambition can alter the facts. You are all simply cancer patients bargaining for more life. It is true that this is a country you never planned to visit, much less move to. It is true that you may not have previously considered these people as your compatriots. But now you find that you have more in common with them than with your oldest childhood friends. You live together in this community called cancer. More good news. Now that you are sick, you have time to think about a long history of choices, mistakes, regrets, even good luck. And here's the stupefying and ultimately transforming thing. Here, where I do not expect it, I encounter decency, patience, compassion, warmth, good humor. I remember the middle-aged nurse from Alabama, his calm southern twang in his beer belly, who stood firm one night, utterly unperturbed, while I threw up repeatedly, as if a demon had gained control of my insides. With sympathetic watchfulness, he administered a cold cloth and the proper shot until I fell backward into a state of blessed relief. He went on to say, the historical record for tolerance among us is not good. Yet I believe more than ever that at the bottom of each human being is a reset button. Undeniably, it is difficult to get to, but reach that button and press it and the world transforms. It reshapes itself. 
So come into the fields, he says, and the meadows of the examination rooms to the infernal beeping of monitors. Look at the faces of ones who are attending to you. Witness those who are silently passing by on their pilgrimage to surgery or to radiology. Listen to the music of the voices around you as the machines tick, as the ventilators suck and heave and exhale, as the very ground beneath your feet starts to dissolve, you'll find that you will be transformed. You'll be changed. Allow me to say it again. God is most present in the shadows. And Jesus has a relentless and unwavering desire to be in close proximity to people who are in pain, who are suffering, who have sorrow and loss. And there is much to be learned when we find ourselves in those deep waters. Why are these people laughing? Because they trust that all of life, the good and the not so good, it's all in the hands of a good and gracious God. Do you? Do you trust that? God sightings. We're going to get good at this. Where have you seen personally this week blessing occur? Or where have you particularly felt blessed? Unexpected? Surprised? I, I'll start. I was, I was with the, the youth uh, yesterday at Warmth and Winter. So here we have 20 young people who took a weekend to go and work on their spiritual life. That's an extraordinary thing. That's just a unique blessing, I think, for me personally to watch that. What about you? Yes. Somebody remembers not only these scouts, but his, his own scoutmaster and the impact he had on his life. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun to have Kate come up and sit in granddad's lap. What else? Yeah. Say that again. Friends, friends who make time for each other, and they even go and gather together in their vacation time, vacation homes. It's great. It's a, it's a unique blessing. Anybody else? Yeah. I'm so, oh, yeah, seeing vegetation come to life again. This is going to be a uniquely good day to watch for that, too. So get outside. Anybody else? Why are these people laughing? They, they know. They know that God is in charge. And even though it doesn't look good sometimes, we trust those hands. Blessed are all of us who reach out to talk to God. Whether our voices are filled with joy or filled with anguish, blessed are they all. It's in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.